Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City who just loves to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. Be warned, you should be 18 and over and probably be listening with your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, I'm going to answer a couple of listener questions. I think these are both sort of brief topics that I can cover in a 20-minute talk. Again, I appreciate all my listeners. I appreciate you reaching out to me when you have questions. It's been one of the more fun things about doing a podcast is uh, getting some engagement from people. So I really appreciate these listener questions. Keep them coming. First listener question, I've got a couple of ideas for. The first listener question comes from a 30-something female, and she said that she recently has had some issues with her orgasm. She wrote that she's very in tune with her body, and normally orgasming is not an issue. But as of late, she's gotten like really, really close, and then all of a sudden, it just disappears, just goes away. And she's not really sure what's happening. So she was curious if I had any tips and suggestions of of what she should try to reclaim her orgasm again. So, I mean, she gave me a good amount of detail with what she said. I mean, she said that she's not had an issue before. So it's not like she's what we call pre-orgasmic. We don't say anorgasmic because just because a woman has not had an orgasm yet doesn't mean she cannot have one. Just means she hasn't had one yet. So... She's not pre-orgasmic. She's had orgasms before, normally been fine, and sounds like she's you know, pretty in charge of those orgasms, but something's happened as of late, and she's just not really sure what to do. So usually I say the first thing to look at is, is there anything medical going on? Has she made any changes to her medications, uh, even dosage changes, something that she has stopped? Um... Or even looking at her activity level. Like, is there something that's going on with her, like, mentally? Like, she's not, she's stressed out or she's got too much cortisol flowing through her system. Like, what's what's going on there from the, kind of the, the chemical side? So, if there's nothing medical going on, she's not made any changes, especially with birth control or antidepressants, probably not anything medical going on there. So, next stop, let's look at something that's on the emotional side. How's she feeling towards her partner? Is she happy with them? I assume it's a male. They didn't really say. Um, But are they happy with their partner? Uh, Is there any sort of like unresolved resentment or anger or hurt or mistrust even? Has something come up lately that's uh, degraded some of those things? Or, Or are they feeling really safe and secure and trusting in their, their current partnership? Some people can look past hurt, trauma, fear, all those things, and, and still have a healthy, active sex life, but that's not many of us, okay? Some people can compartmentalize those things and, and still have a robust sex life, but maybe that's not this person. Maybe she's had something come up lately that has changed her worldview about her partnership or her partner specifically, and, and maybe those things need to be addressed. Maybe they just need to have a conversation or she needs to talk to a therapist or a coach. Maybe that's why she reached out, obviously. So, barring that there's nothing medical or emotional 
Maybe it is something more on the physical side. One of my favorite thought leaders out there in the field of sexology is Betty Dodson. I have talked about her on my podcast before, especially talking about her website. Uh, Betty Dodson's website does require a subscription, uh, but you can uh, get on and preview a few things, I believe. But Betty Dodson, I call her the grandmother of masturbation. She's got a sexual health clinic in New York City. She teaches women how to have better orgasms. She does what's called uh, hands-on or hands-in therapy. Um, it is with a glove, of course, but yeah, she involves touching with her clients, patients, whatever you want to call them there. Um, I mean, obviously they're, they're there signing up for it, but you know, somewhat along the lines of like what a pelvic floor therapist would do. I mean, women aren't usually afraid to go to OBGYN, so why be afraid of a, either a pelvic floor therapist or a sexologist who's, yes, physically examining or helping you examine parts of your body. Okay, so beyond all that, one of the things that I learned is that what our pelvis is doing is really, really important. A lot of times when men and women alike get really close to orgasm, all of a sudden they, they tense up their pelvis, they tense up their core. It's like they're just like, oh, it's, it's almost there, and they're waiting for that explosion to come. Well, that in itself can prevent that very last bit, that tipping point, that point of no return for us doesn't come. We don't come when we tighten up our core and tighten up our pelvis. So when clients have shared this with me, it's, it's often really just been the, the physical aspect that they found that, yeah, they were tightening up their core. They were tightening up their pelvis. So the solution to that is whether you are with a partner or you are with a toy, you got to find ways to get your pelvis like rocking, like in a rocking motion. Think of it as like when a woman's on top, a lot of times they find it easier to orgasm. And that's because you're on top, you're riding on somebody, your pelvis is moving. You know, you're the one doing the work, but your, your core muscles are not locked in tight. And that's why your body is more easily able to unleash that orgasm. Okay, so, so think about how you translate that to other positions or to masturbation. So for example, a lot of people, when they lay there with a toy, they're just vigorously moving the toy and like, yeah, okay, that can work. Maybe their pelvis isn't like completely tight and, and hard. They're not like trying to engage it too hard. But clients who share that like, yeah, when I kind of get to that point of I'm almost there and I tense up, it just doesn't happen. So by encouraging them to switch it, make the toy be stationary and have it be their body that's doing the majority of the movement they find oh my god all of a sudden boop there's my orgasm ta-da you're welcome you can translate that to also like when sometimes women like to hump uh when they're masturbating like they'll use a pillow and a toy and or their hand uh it's yeah, they achieve orgasm easier because their pelvis is moving. They're doing something that involves movement. So their, their core is more relaxed. Their pelvis is more relaxed. So I would say those are the three things to really look at. If you're in the same situation that this, uh, this person wrote in about where they're getting really, really close to orgasm and all of, all of a sudden it's just gone. Got to look at the medical. Got to look at the emotional and then look at the physical. What's your body doing when you get really, really close to orgasm? Maybe you just need to relax. 
You can go to Betty Dodson's website and take a look at some of her videos and see what I'm talking about with that. Or hey, just take my word for it. I'm the one who paid for the subscription and is paying for the education here to become a certified sex coach. You can just take my word for it. <laughs> so my second listener question came from a male in his 40s. And he asked if I could address this topic for him because it is something that he is experiencing. He said that he and his female partner used to have a really vigorous sex life, but as of late in the last couple of years, he feels like they've got really mismatched libidos. He's, his is high and he wants it. Hers is low and she doesn't. I think that this is a story as old as time. <laughs> Partners having mismatched libidos, and yeah, it does typically end up being the man having a higher libido than the woman. It's not always the case. It's not always the case. I don't want to stereotype there, but this, this is a fairly common issue or common concern that people have come to me with. There's a lot of different schools of thought about how to fix this situation or how to make this situation better. One of my favorite thought leaders is Esther Perel. A lot of you may have seen her TED Talks or heard me talk about her before or seen me write about her in my blogs. Her book, Mating in Captivity, is absolutely amazing. And one of the things that she talks about in there, and I'm just, I'm oversimplifying here, but she really believes that a lot of therapists, especially relationship and marriage therapists, think you've got to fix the relationship and then the sex will come. She actually kind of takes a different stance. She thinks that you need to fix the sex and then things in the relationship will work out. You know, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I think it's a little bit of both. I think you've got to be working on the sex and the relationship at the same time. And, and you can't neglect one for the other. So again, I would say that it, it probably is sort of what I recommended with the first question. You're, you got to look at the emotional you gotta look at the medical and you gotta look at the the physical and the spiritual there let's add the spiritual aspect to it so from a physical aspect does she have anything medically going on that could be degrading her libido uh how's your guys's relationship how are you guys getting along are you focused on the same goals and the same values still at this point in your relationship or has there been a shift in how you guys are relating and how you all are getting along i think that sometimes it's like it's like couples wake up one day and they're like, oh shit, we're not having sex anymore. And then they focus on like that being the issue, like we're not having sex anymore. But they're totally forgetting about kind of looking back and saying, well, what, what led us to this point of not having sex? Did we have a fight that's gone unresolved? Um, was there a breach of trust that's not been built back up? Reconnecting as a couple can be really complicated. The sexless marriage is what Esther Perel says is actually the hardest and most complicated issue in a relationship to solve. It's usually taken people a lot to get to the point where they don't have sex at all. So if you're kind of headed down that road where you're having very little sex and you're worried you're going to get to the point where you just stop altogether, now is the time to start seeing somebody, whether that's a therapist or a coach like me. There's definitely two different sets of issues between what therapists deal with and what coaches deal with. So it is important to make sure that you find who and what you need. 
And, and sometimes couples, it's perfectly reasonable to see both at the same time. It just kind of depends upon where, where you are emotionally. Oftentimes, what's recommended when there's a mismatched libido between the couple is to have the couple, to have the person with the lower libido sort of be the benchmark. It's got to be the person with the higher libido that's meeting the person with the, the lower libido to help them kind of pull it up. It's also about, you know, you got to make sure that you're staying within the person with the lower libido's boundaries and comfort level. Because for whatever reason it is that they're not wanting to have sex with their partner, those things just can't be swept under the rug. Again, if there's there's tension, there's anger, there's hurt or mistrust, it could take time for that person to really feel like, okay, I, I, I love my partner and I actually trust them and I, I want to be with them. It, at, you know, when, when those things are being dealt with, sex can often feel very mechanical. It can feel obligatory uh, and it can feel really disconnected. And, and for at that point, what the fuck's the point of having sex? I mean, sex is supposed to make you feel good. <laughs> you're not supposed to feel like a robot. You're not to feel, supposed to feel like you're obligated just to sleep with your partner because they're your partner or your spouse. You want to want them. You ha- want to have desire for your partner. So those things have got to get addressed before that sex feels good and connected again. Can it be tough for the partner with the higher libido to slow it down and meet the partner with the lower libido? Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, it's, but let's be realistic. It's already been tough enough having to not have sex as often as you'd like. So you know what? It just is for the time. If you want a solution, solutions are about doing something different than what you've been doing. So if you've been constantly pressuring your partner or or even making them feel bad for not having sex with you as often as you would like, all that's doing is contributing to the issue. One of the things you've got to really make sure you're focusing on is showing your partner compassion and empathy for whatever it is they're going through that's causing their libido to be low. Are they stressed out? Are they going through grief right now? Are they so focused on other things that they are letting their self-care go down the drain? To me, self-care, as I've said before, involves your sexuality too. Are they, you know, if your partner's not masturbating regularly, to me, that's a really good sign that they are incredibly, incredibly stressed out. And there's a lot of things going on right now in their lives that maybe they're, they're struggling with. Also, if they're not a regular masturbator or maybe never have been, maybe they're just not very in tune with their body and they're not in tune with what they like. So perhaps sex in the past hasn't been all that pleasurable for them. And if sex isn't all that pleasurable, what's the point of doing it? If they're not getting something out of it, again, if it's obligatory, mechanical, and disconnected, there's not much point in doing it. So do some introspection. Do Look back and see where's the issue coming from. Decide what you want your sex life to be or what you want the resolution to be. And it's about setting up a plan. Yeah, a sex plan. <laughs> you gotta set up a sex plan. That's Again, that sex plan can involve a lot of different things. And that's why someone like myself is here. I am here to help people decide. I am here to help people delve into all those things. If you're needing some support with low libido or mismatched libido, or not being able to achieve your orgasm, a sex coach is exactly who you should be talking to. If you want more tips and resources, you can reach out to me. 
I've got lots of ways to help people besides one-on-one coaching. I hope the tips that I shared today were helpful. If you've got any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. I'll have all my information in the little outro here for the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But visit my website if you're wanting more information about my coaching services. You can even sign up for my email newsletter. I've got one that's not so safe for work called The Dirty Bird. A lot more adult content on that one. You can support this podcast through listener support on Anchor FM. Or you can go to patreon.com and become one of my patrons. Just look for Open the Doors KC. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Thanks for listening.